Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. We'll get ready to continue in the study of Matthew. Let's pray first. Father, thank you so much. For your word this morning, thank you so much for the book of Matthew. Thank you so much, Lord, for every word that you recorded in that book for us. And help us, Lord, to feed on your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Matthew chapter 1. Pretty soon we'll be through this portion, and I won't have to struggle trying to pronounce all these names. But this, here we go again, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begat Jacob, Jacob begat Judah, Judas and his brethren. Judas begat Pharaoh and Zerah of Tamar, Pharaoh begat Ezra, Ezra begat Aram, Aram begat Aminadab, Aminadab begat Naasan, Naasan begat Solomon, Solomon, Solomon begat Boaz of Rahab. And Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah. And Solomon begat Rehoboam, Rehoboam begat Abia, Abia begat Asa, Asa begat Josaphat, Josaphat begat Yoram, Yoram begat Ozias, Ozias begat Jotham, Jotham begat Ahaz, and Ahaz begat Ezekias, Ezekias begat Manasseh, Manasseh begat Ammon, Ammon begat Josias, Josias begat Jeconias. And his brethren, about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconias begat Salatiel, Salatiel begat Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel begat Abiud, Abiud begat Eliakim, Eliakim Azor, Azor begat Zadok, Zadok begat Ahim, Ahim begat Eliud, Eliud begat Eliezer, Eliezer begat Matan, Matan begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who's called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, and from David unto the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations, and from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived of her in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins." Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be a child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, 
being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. So here we are. So we started. So in our last study, we started the book of Matthew, which opened with these words, these important words. This is the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. And what this verse does for us is it sets for us the stage of what the book of Matthew is going to be all about. It's about a person, one person. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. And really, that's what the whole Bible is about. The whole Bible is about a person. It's about one person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And as he said about that in John chapter 539, John 539, he said, search the scriptures. It's almost like a challenge. He said, go ahead, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So the Bible is not simply a book of laws that tell us how to live, which is the view of the Orthodox Jews. The Bible brings us to the Lord Jesus Christ. It brings us to him. As a matter of fact, the Bible is really described in Psalm 119.105. Psalm 119.105, a very, very familiar verse where it talks about thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. So it talks about the word being a lamp and a light. A Coleman lantern, you know, that's the lamp. To my feet, you hold it out in a dark room. You can see perimeter around you when you walk. You take a mag light and make it sharp, and you shine it out. You don't see around you, but you see far off. And so the Word of God is a lamp and a light. So the Bible is a lamp to our feet. For what? To lead us to Christ. A lamp to our feet. To show us how we come near to the Lord Jesus in our daily lives with the challenges that hit us in our daily lives, a lamp to our feet. But the Bible is also a light to our path. It shows us the end of where we are going. So when we get discouraged and we need that little extra lift, what lifts our chin up when we're down? It's the Bible that shows us that the Lord Jesus Christ is at the end of the path. That's why it says in 1 Thessalonians 4.17, it says, 1 Thessalonians 4.17, And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's the end of our path. So this first verse in Matthew, it reveals the subject of the book of Matthew, of the Bible. It really shows us that a person may be a Bible scholar. He may be an expert in all the histories of the Bible. He may know all these kings. He may be able to pronounce them better than I can have. He may know the Bible languages. He may know the geography, the archaeology, and so forth and so on. A deep personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't know the Bible because the Bible leads to the Lord Jesus. And if the Bible does not lead a person as a sinner, and you know, I don't like to say sinner. I like to qualify it by saying DRS, you know, dirty, rotten sinner. (laughs) You know, I remember one time I was talking to uh, Vivian McCormick over there in the other room, and she was talking about her relative, and she said, but he's a good person. He was lost. He's a good person. I said, I know, he's a good sinner, right? So that's not the kind. We're talking about the dirty, rotten sinner. If the Bible does not lead a person as a dirty, rotten sinner to the Lord Jesus Christ as the Savior and cleanser, then there's no good news. There's no good news in the Bible. A person, he may be able to win at jeopardy, and all the Bible knowledge questions, and not have a close relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that's a tragedy. That's the tragedy that's referred to in 2 Corinthians 3.6, 2 Corinthians 3.6, which says, the letter killeth, 
but the Spirit giveth life. Okay, now, the Greek word here for the generation in this first verse here is the word Genesis. Genesis or birth. So this is a book of the birth of Jesus Christ, or this first chapter at least. It's the pedigree of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there are two genealogies for the Lord Jesus that are in the New Testament. This one and the one that's in Luke, the one that's in Luke 3. And since Luke, the book of Luke was written to all men, the genealogy starts with the Lord Jesus and goes backward all the way to Adam, the first man. But this genealogy here in Matthew is different because this genealogy is written to the Jewish people. And so because of that, that's why this genealogy starts with Abraham. It doesn't start with Jesus and go backwards. It starts with Abraham, who is the father of the Jewish people, and it goes forward to the Lord Jesus Christ. The the two genealogies of the Lord Jesus Christ, they trace two branches, and the one branch here that Matthew is tracing out will end with Joseph, and the Jews always have counted their genealogies through the father. Maybe not the Jewish women do, but the Jewish, it's always the way it's been. And the other branch in Luke 3 traces the Lord through Mary, although Mary's name is not mentioned in that genealogy. But both these genealogies, when you look at this one in Matthew, you look at the one in Luke, they have to be balanced out by what is said in the first verses in the book of John about the Lord Jesus Christ, and where it says in John 1, 1, so, you know, we're talking about, you read something here in Matthew, the generation, the genesis, the beginning, the origin, and you say, really, is that where he all started? No, that's why you have to read John 1, 1. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word is the Lord Jesus Christ, okay. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So when you read that, you understand the Lord Jesus had no beginning, because in the beginning he was there, and he is God. He's the almighty God. He's the almighty creator. He's the source of light. As a matter of fact, his name is Light. He said in John 9, 5, John 9, 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So what we're really seeing in this genealogy here in Matthew is the history of John 3, 19, John 3, 19. The history of light is come into the world. Light has come into the world. This genealogy and what's in this book is the history of the beginning of light shining into the darkness of the world. For when the Lord Jesus is standing before Pilate, you know, one ruler to another ruler, and Pilate asked the question in John 18.37, John 18.37, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered and said, Thou sayest I'm a king. In other words, you said it. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that's of the truth heareth my voice. So this genealogy is the history of the beginning of the purpose or the end of the king of truth, which is to bring truth to displace falsehood and lies. So this is what all this is about, the fullness of time. This is the fullness of time in Galatians 4.4. Galatians 4.4, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Now, the Jewish world at this time, and of course we always have to think about that when we're reading 
the Jewish world at that time that he came into, they had no idea, no clue that in 70 years there would come one of the greatest slaughters in their history from Titus the Roman that would result in the Jewish people all fleeing and leaving the land of Israel in what's called the Great Diaspora. They had no idea. I mean, he just came and at this time, and they had no idea that in 70 years that this was going to happen. Just like yesterday, the gunman that entered into the Tree of Life synagogue there in, in Squirrel Hill in that part of Pittsburgh and slaughtered those 11 Jewish people, those Jewish people had no idea that that slaughter was going to happen four months ago and two months ago earlier when our summer blitzers went to that very synagogue and all the houses around it and canvassed every Jewish home on June 5th and on August 7th as they brought the message of eternal life to these people. So here we have here in this genealogy here, he's identified in verse one, Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So in the same way, this genealogy is the history of God sending his eternal life to the Jewish people. They were going to be slaughtered in 70 years. So God the Son comes into the world as a man. And when he comes into the world as a man, he's given a new name. So it says in verse 21 here, she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That was told to Joseph, but that was told to Mary also in Luke one thirty one, Luke one thirty one, where the angel said, Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, shall call his name Jesus. And rabbis have oftentimes asked me, well, if Jesus is so important, and if Jesus existed before he was born, then why don't we have his name in the scriptures? They mean the Old Testament scriptures. Before he was born. And the reason is that before he was born, his name was known as God, Elohim, Yahweh, Jehovah, El. That was his name. But when he came into the world as a man, then he has the new name, which is Jesus, the same person. It's God and man, which is the reason why we call him Jehovah Jesus. So this is a new name, Jesus. It's very similar to Jehoshua what we call Joshua, and that was that name we saw in Exodus. That was the person that, as you know, that Moses passed his baton to, and Moses did that in Exodus 24.13. Exodus 24.13, we have him introduced. Moses rose up and his minister Joshua, and so the derivative of the name Joshua appears in scriptures as Yeshua, as Jesus, as Jesus, the Greek form, For example, in Nehemiah 7.7, Nehemiah 7.7, it speaks about those who came out with Zerubbabel, Yeshua, Nehemiah, and so forth. So we have them there, have them there. But this was given, this name is special. It was given to him because of its meaning. In fact, his name is his mission. He is the Messiah. There is no Mr. and Mrs. Christ. (laughs) He He is the Messiah. He is Jesus, the Messiah. And how he's introduced here in the first verse is that we're told that he is the son of David, he is the son of Abraham. So God made this promise to Abraham, and God made this promise, renewed it to David, about the Messiah was coming, the Messiah was coming. And to David, the emphasis was that he was going to be a king in Psalm 132.11. Psalm 132.11, the Lord speaking to David said, the Lord has sworn in truth unto David, he will not turn from it 
of the fruit of thy body will I set up upon thy throne. And of course, the first primary fulfillment of this is Solomon, but goes beyond that because it says in Psalm 89.3, Psalm 89.3, Psalm 89.3, I've made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David, my servant, thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. Well, Solomon didn't go for all generations, neither did David. So we understand that there was more to come, more to come. So the title of the Lord Jesus Christ is the son of David. It is very important, the son of David, because when you called him the son of David, you were saying something about him. You were saying that you see him as the Messiah King. And even the Canaanite woman who was not Jewish, but she was a forerunner. She was kind of showing us a pattern of all the Gentiles that were going to come in later. And when she approaches the Lord in Matthew 15, 22, Matthew 15, 22, it says, behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried out to him saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. What is a Gentile woman, a Canaanite, doing talking about the son of David? Well, she was coming into the fold. She was coming into the congregation of believers. And in doing that, she was saying, you are the son of David. It was those who were in the greatest need who called him the son of David. For example, there were two blind Jewish men, and they wanted to be healed by the Lord. They wanted their blindness to be healed. So they call out to him in Matthew 20, 30. Matthew 20, verse 30. Behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. They triggered the name, thou son of David. And the multitude rebuked them because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. Very important term. This is the title. It was the title he was called on Palm Sunday by the multitude and then by the group of children in the temple. When it says in Matthew 21, 9, Matthew 21, 9, the multitude that went before and followed cried, saying, Hosanna, thou son of David, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. So, and then it goes on to say, when he was coming to Jerusalem, All the city was moved saying, who is this? Oh, who is this? This is the son of David. Anyway, who is this? And the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And then later on in in Matthew 21, 15, he comes into the city and now he makes his way into the temple. Matthew 21, 15, it says, when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. So it's very important as the book of Matthew starts off by calling him the son of David and the son of Abraham, because we're shown by this how God is so faithful to his promises. He made those promises thousands of years before to Abraham and hundreds of years before to David, and he's faithful now to his promises. And he's making this clear when he calls him the son of David and the son of Abraham. This really is setting the stage when it talks about him in Matthew 1.1 here about the son of David and son of of Abraham, setting the stage for two words that are going to describe what's going to happen in this book. He's the Jewish Messiah. He's the king. So the one word is the word fulfillment, fulfillment, because he's a fulfillment of the prophetic promises, and we're all going to start to see that begin to come out. And because the promise, the fulfillment, all goes back to that verse 
in Genesis 12.3 that God spoke to Abraham, Genesis 12.3, when God said, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So he is the son of Abraham. He is the one who's going to, in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And God renewed that to Abraham in Genesis 22.18, Genesis 22.18, when he said, and in thy seed, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. So Abraham believes this, and therefore he's called the father of faith, it says in Romans 4.16. Romans 4.16, the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. In other words, all the faithful, the ones who believe. And so Abraham now in scriptures, it could be seen as the beginner of faith because he's characterized this way. Whereas the Lord Jesus, in Hebrews 12.2, Hebrews 12.2, it speaks about him as Jesus, the finisher of our faith, the finisher of our faith. That was the first word, fulfillment. He is the Messiah, but he is also the rejected Jewish Messiah. He is the rejected Jewish king. So the other word that's going to characterize throughout this book is the word conflict or antagonism antagonism or conflict, because he is the Jewish Messiah, he is a Jewish king, but he's rejected by the Jewish people. And so these are the two words that overlay the book of Matthew, the word fulfillment and the word antagonism or conflict. Basically, what you have in the book of Matthew is two voices. It's two voices speaking about him. The first voice is the voice of God, And the second voice is the voice of the Jewish people. The first one, God looks at him and says, yes. And the second one, the Jewish people look at him and they say, no. That's basically what it boils down to. It's very simple. That sets up the perfect storm, all right? It sets up the conflict. And we're going to see in this conflict that it's going to appear, as we're going to move down through this book, is that Jesus is conquered by death. But when he's resurrected, it's seen that he had his greatest triumph over death in that sacrifice. So this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And what we find in this genealogy, it's very interesting, apart from struggling the pronunciation of the words, it's very interesting as you look at this genealogy because you see twists and turns in this genealogy with all sorts of people. I mean, some of these people in his genealogy are kings and heroes in Israel, And some are just shepherds, some are prophets, and some are just downright sinners, the DRS type sinners, and some are saints. And it's interesting. And so the first thing is you strike off here as you start off with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob is that you see, okay, you look at Abraham, you look at Isaac, there's no mention in verse two of Ishmael or of Esau. They were the firstborns, both of them were the firstborns, but they had no interest in their spiritual position as firstborns. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. 
Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Israel Restoration Ministries is excited to announce a limited time offer for our Friendship with God study Bible and hymnal. This package includes a large printed genuine lambskin leather Bible featuring over 30,000 Bible column and inline scripture references, maps, timelines, and frequently asked questions. In addition, you'll also receive our Friendship with God hymnal. This hymnal, the first of its kind, contains over 1,000 hymns and melodies, making it the largest collection ever printed. Included with your purchase, you'll also receive a complimentary engraving of your name on either book. For more information, Visit us at friendshipwithgod.org or give us a call at 619-599-1104. That's 619-599-1104.